This is your Drive at 5 and ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome back in 28 minutes before the top of the hour. Colonel David Jamona retired from the Army. He was a chaplain, retired uh, from the Army back in June of 2018. After 32 years of military service, he has served in Afghanistan. He was there in 2005, 2006. He has traveled extensively throughout that country. And he's also an end-time expert, scholar, author, writer, and speaker. He currently oversees the Warrior Refuge, a 46-acre ministry resort near Columbus, Georgia. He, along with Troy Anderson, have authored a new release entitled The Military Guide to Armageddon, Battle-Tested Strategies to Prepare Your Life and Soul for the End Times. David, welcome into News and Views. Good to have you with us. Tom, it's great to be with you today. Um, First of all, let me thank you for your 32 years of service to our country and to uh, our Lord and Savior. Uh, there's a lot we can talk about in these few minutes we have together. But first of all, I just would like to hear your overall reaction of everything that we've seen transpire in the, the last seven days over in well, Afghanistan. It, yeah, it's an unmitigated disaster. Um, and people are asking me, well, who's responsible? Well, there's only one person responsible, and that's the commander-in-chief who makes the ultimate decision of what we're going to do. Our military warned them and told them what was going to happen if we did this too quickly. He overruled, President Biden overruled our military and said, we're going to do it my way, and you can see the results of doing it my way, what has happened. This was not a military operation. This was a governmental operation of the worst kind. There was no exit strategy, no phased operation. Uh, When you take the military out first and leave the civilians behind, uh, this is what happens. Now we have Probably 75,000, 80,000, including the Afghans, American uh, civilians trapped in Afghanistan, and the only way to get them out is through military force. So we're in a very difficult position right now. Now, you spent 32 years in the military. Uh, what do what you, uh, and, now, and, and you're retired now, so I, I guess you can speak openly and express yes. your thoughts. Uh, what do you Absolutely. think the military and now obviously you've expressed your thoughts about it, our commander in chief, but those people that are currently serving, uh, if, if they if if Biden just said, hey, we need to get our folks out of there, go do your stuff. Do you think they could get the job done? Oh, absolutely. But it's going to cost uh, lives, national treasure. It's going to be uh, expensive in a lot of ways. So we're going to have to go back because of poor decisions. We've got to go back in. And when the Secretary of Defense says the other day in a press briefing that we don't have the capability of getting Americans out, that's a that's a bold-faced lie. I'm just going to have to be honest with you. Our, our military has the capability to go in and get the job done, but it's going to take a lot. And so I don't know if we have the resolve, but uh, we, we have to do something because not only we failed – are the American people, but we failed our allies, and the whole world is watching our weakness and our leadership. And now China and Russia and Middle Eastern uh, Iraq and Iran, they're going to take advantage of this, and they already are taking advantage of this. We've put ourselves in a terrible geopolitical position in the world. We have encouraged our folks and seen a number of uh, pleas from folks 
across the country and around the world to pray for those who are under the uh, boot of the Taliban right now, including Christians. And we've heard stories out of uh, Afghanistan that the Taliban is targeting Christians. Uh, Give us the the spiritual... uh, uh, the, the spiritual fervor over there right now, and, and I'm, I'm talking about how Christianity is making an impact in that country, and uh, in, indeed are, are these reports about uh, Christians being in great danger. What do you know about that? Well, they're in great danger. There's no question. The Taliban only knows one thing, and it's not negotiations. They only know brute force. This is how they've been raised, and this is how they live. And when you're over there fighting them, the only thing you can do, and I hate to say this to a Christian public, the only thing you can do is kill them, because that's the only language they understand. Now, when us chaplains went over there, for many years we were preaching the gospel to not only soldiers, but to uh, Afghan civilians and tribes, and we were helping them with clothes and all kinds of good things. And right now... Just before the days of this uh, fiasco, Afghanistan was the number two fastest growing church in the world, wow. right behind Iran, because of what God was doing through a lot of ministries, not just chaplains, but missionaries and others. But we, as the military, we opened the world to Afghanistan, the spirituality. Do we need to pray? We, we need to pray for the people, because the Taliban will kill not just uh, Christians, They'll kill anybody that opposes them. When they were protesting the other day or yesterday, right. and uh, they killed those people that were protesting, they will kill any. Death means nothing to these people. Uh, it's like really looking the devil in the face, because that's exactly what's going on. And um, we need to pray for God's intervention and deliverance, and we need to pray that the United States of America will have the resolve to go back in and take back what we've lost billions of dollars in equipment and in resources, because if we don't, we're not only going to lose Afghanistan, those terrorists are now going to be coming into our country through our open borders. We've heard the president say that there was no will to fight by the Afghanis. Respond to that. Uh, that's just so sick. I'm sorry, but it angers me to hear that. The Afghani army lost almost 70,000 personnel right. fighting in the last... 20 years. They had a will to fight. The problem is they had no leadership. And what people don't realize, the Afghan, the average Afghan soldier barely subsides. They don't pay them well, if at all, food subsistence. Uh, they're basically poverty. And so uh, they're there, but they're barely, they were barely hanging on when we left. And then when we took our resources, our leadership out of the fight, it just totally collapsed everything because they were depending on us wholeheartedly. We're talking to uh, Colonel David Jamona, who is retired after spending 32 years in the Army and uh, served in Afghanistan in 2005 and in 2006. How do you see the current situation? Now, you've written this book, The Military Guide to Armageddon, Battle-Tested Strategies to Prepare Your Life and Soul for the End Times. You wrote this with Troy Anderson. Has this come out yet? I know it's a fairly new release. Is is it available right now? Yes, it has come out. It is available through anywhere, Amazon, anywhere books are sold. And uh, we hit number one in four categories in Amazon. Um, so uh, there's a hunger for people are really fearful. They're afraid and they want answers. So I take my battlefield experiences 
uh, and translate them into the Church, into the Bible, of what the Bible talks about in our spiritual warfare. So the book really is about spiritual warfare, it's about discipleship, and it's about preparation, because if we're not prepared, as you can see in this last move in Afghanistan, if you're not prepared, dire things are going to happen. So the book really touches a lot of different uh, issues uh, in our spiritual lives right now. Well, congratulations on the book, but let me ask you, where do you see the current situation in Afghanistan? How does that play a part in the overall eschatology? That that is the 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 end times, the the return of Jesus Christ. I, I mean, because listen, I, I you know I, I'm I'm fascinated with eschatology, but I, I'm 67 years old, and you know we, we constantly hear this stuff coming up over and over again every time there's a world crisis, and you know even you go back and look at. The, believers back in World War II, they they looked at uh, Adolf Hitler's the Antichrist, and certainly this was the end of it all. Uh, Billy Graham back in the uh, uh, early 70s, late 60s said, well, I certainly think Jesus Christ is going to come again, and I'd be totally surprised if he hasn't returned by 1972. So mm-hmm. as as you look at eschatology, and it's got to happen, so I'm not, I'm not arguing that point, but Right now, the situation in Afghanistan, does that have a strong bearing on the return of Christ and the end times? Well, there's a couple of questions you were asked, so let me unravel a little bit. Give me a moment to sure, speak yeah, to absolutely. that. Number one, uh, number one, like what Pastor Jeffress, uh, Robert Jeffress first just told me a couple of weeks ago, we were interviewing him for the new book that's coming out about deception next year. And we asked them about what pastors thought about the end times and why pastors are not preaching about it. And he said, well, they're committing uh, spiritual suicide if they don't talk about the end times. He said, look, in your lifetime, Jesus is going to come back. And whether he comes back to earth or you go to him, right. oh, you're going to see him. Uh, so we have to be prepared. And so the book is all about preparation. You know, and you talk about Afghanistan, you know, I think the, the Lord is, realigning geopolitical entities as we speak. We're headed to a one-world government. There's no question about it. Uh, in my war college days, back in 2012, all the books I read were talking about the only way to have peace on the planet is through a one-world government. And that's our American military talking, um, you know, training military leaders. And so, and then we have a Marxist movement going on in the United States right now, through Black Lives Matter, through critical race theory and all exactly, that. Exactly, All that is headed toward a one-world government, and Afghanistan is part of that picture. And so it will play a key role in these end times and in situations we may not even understand right now. And and you're correct, you know, believers, and I write about this, but believers in World War II, but Adolf Hitler was Antichrist, and rightly they probably should, because uh, he was a forerunner of the Antichrist, and and if things out differently, he could have ruled the world in a matter of years uh, or months over there. So the fact of the matter is, we are in the end times. Israel's a nation after 2,000 years. The signs in the end times are all around us. Nine out of ten pastors right now believe those signs are pointing to the end times. Jesus talked about birth pains. And so I tell people, 2020 with the coronavirus and 2021 with this and other things and earthquakes, all are part of the birth pains. They will slow down a little bit, and the pains will continue until the you know the coming of the Lord. All these things, Tom, are pointing to the fact that the Lord is coming. The world is being prepared. Exactly when that's going to happen, 
is none of my business. My business is to prepare pastor believers around the world to be ready. Because if I send a soldier into combat and he's not prepared to fight, I did not love that soldier enough to help them. And that's my love portion of all this, to help people understand where we are and how to do that. And so our book has, you know, practical ideas at the end of every chapter, what we must do to get back into this fight and get and repent and get back right with the Lord. You know, as I as I look at the the Lord coming again, eschatology in the end times, really, it, it's I guess a sort of a twofold thing. The the birth pains are going to get worse and worse. In other words, the the kind of thing that we're seeing happen in Afghanistan is going to get worse and worse. But also, right. we're going to see more and more people coming to Christ as the end approaches. Do you see both of those things happening right now? I absolutely do. My wife and I were discussing this the other day. It's a parallel process. It may not be like of old where everybody gets saved and there's a huge revival, let's say, in America, and that, you know, there's a great awakening. I don't think that's going to happen again. What I do think is going to happen is many people around the world will come into the kingdom, and at the same time, the the world is going to get worse and worse, uh, as the Bible indicates. So we have a dual process going on at the same time, even right now, and... I'm telling people, Christians around the world, let's not be deceived. Jesus said, watch out for deception. It's coming. There's going to be a man who who pretends to be Jesus Christ, who rules the world, and everybody's going to love him, but he's not Jesus Christ. So we have to be careful of that as well. Well, and we've seen that over and over again throughout history. I I pray that we do have another great awakening. I'm I'm not disagreeing that we might not, but certainly my prayer that we would. Uh, let me change gears with you just a little bit, because it's another issue that has got to be on the forefront of everyone's mind right now. I think of the Gold Star families who have lost loved ones over in Afghanistan. You know, you are a chaplain, and obviously a good deal of what you did was uh, ca- counseling uh, men and women who were serving in our armed forces. Uh, w- what would you say to the families and to veterans who perhaps are still living, but their lifestyle is greatly changed after losing a limb or having, you know, post-traumatic issues. What do you say to them as they look and they say, what has happened to my sacrifice? It's, it's gone down the drain. Uh, you know, ma- help me make sense of this. What would you say? Well, I have veterans calling me right now, back even one last night. Um, here's what I would say. Uh, we did what we had to do, and we did a great job as veterans in Afghanistan. Your service was not in vain. We protected the world from terrorism. We uh, up, we upended the Taliban. We made the Afghan women's lives better. Uh, we brought peace, and you know, to a certain extent throughout the country. We did what was asked of us, and I say to all of you who served with me in Afghanistan throughout the years, I salute you. Thank you for your service. Your life, your limbs, your family sacrifices was not in vain. You you did what was asked of you, and we're proud that, I'm proud to say I serve alongside of you throughout the, the very difficult days we had. And if you lost a loved one, you lost a limb, you know, um, that's a great sacrifice for your country, but it wasn't in vain. Hmm. You did what you were asked to do. We saw just in the news uh, earlier this week, just I guess it was yesterday, the day before, women coming out in one uh, city in Afghanistan 
protesting against the Taliban, and we saw some of them lost their lives. As as you look, and you were amongst those people, and now granted it's been a few years ago, but as you see that situation, is is the is the will to live freely stronger than the will to live by many of these Afghans? You know, the Afghan people as, as, as a whole are great people. Uh, I've come to love them. They were very uh, cordial people, very humble people, all, all of them except for the terrorists, of course. And so um, they had a great will for freedom, and they wanted, you know, the world watches the United States of what we do, and right. that's what they really wanted in their lives, in their country. They wanted the freedom to worship. They wanted the freedom to buy and sell. They wanted the freedom to do those things that they see on TV and on the listen on the radio. And so there's a great hunger for that. But there's also, at the same time, a great fear, because they know the Taliban will kill them and subject them and enslave them and enslave their women. And, uh, you know, it's a great hypocrisy in the United States. Right now, we're not hearing anything from the left, from Hollywood, from right. livers, all that. What about the women of Afghanistan are now being slaves? We're not hearing any of that come out, which really makes one scratch his head about what's really going on here. But, yes, that's your question. They love freedom, and they would fight, and they did fight for their freedom for over 20 years alongside us. Do you have hopes that they can overcome the uh, jihadist fervor of the Taliban? I do have, always have hope in the Lord Jesus Christ, and and I don't put my hope in a man, but as you know, but I put the Lord in. Yes, there is hope, but we have to have the willingness now to go back, and there will be more soldiers that lose their lives, more Afghans, and unquestionably, we're going to have to pay a huge price to regain what we have lost. Is it possible? Yes, but we're going to have to have national resolve. I don't know if we have that right now or not with the current leadership in the, in place. But um, there's always hope, and hope is a you know a great thing uh, in the Bible. One of the three greatest things that we can have. Colonel David Jamona author of the book, The Military Guide to Armageddon, Battle-Tested Strategies to Prepare Your Life and Soul for the End Times. We've got to bring it to a close, uh, Colonel. Thank you so much for your service. Thank you for your time. And uh, let's continue to pray for the people of Afghanistan, uh, the Americans over there, the Christians over there, those people who want freedom. Pray the gospel goes forward and pray that the Taliban is defeated. Thank you, David. Thank you, brother. Thanks for having me on the show. You bet. Stay with us. I'll be right back. 